because uh, on my Instagram, you know, I post pictures of whatever hike I did or whatever fish I caught. That attracts a certain group of followers. Um, And then when they discover that I'm a designer, that's when that type of work comes in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right now, I'm working on a project with two outdoor companies that are collaborating on public land use, which I'm a complete supporter for because the water I fish in is is public. Um, And I would love it to stay that way. It just gets people excited when they realize that, you know, I'm passionate about similar things. Okay, there's a lot of talk about fly fishing in this episode. And now don't run away if you're not into fly fishing. Uh, But I love activities, hobbies, things that have an artistry to them, even if it doesn't seem like that on the surface. Um, I think fly fishing is one of those things that falls right into that. And it's just, it's wonderful talking to people that are passionate about uh, things outside of design that actually relate back to uh, their design work or the work that they're doing, their, their interests. You know, I think Alana Louise, uh, who's today's guest, shed some great light on being passionate about things, showing that, and then actually attracting clients that relate to those interests. She's kind of living the dream, <laughs> I think. So we, we talk a lot about how to attract those clients that you want to work with. And she's working with some great outdoorsy brands like Yeti and United by Blue, and also with some you know local Austin uh, brewers as well. Her work's incredible. And it just checks all the right boxes for me in terms of uh, that convergence of sort of outdoor adventure and design. And it was such a pleasure talking with her. We also talk a little bit about, um, you know, applying for citizenship in the U.S., you know, as a freelancer and and uh, the challenges there. Just a really great conversation with an amazing artist. I think you're going to love this one. So thank you, Alana, for being on. Today's episode is brought to you by Wix.com. Push the limits of design and create beautiful, impactful websites that are uniquely yours with Wix. And we'll be hearing more about Wix later on in this episode. Uh, For now, let's go fishing with Alana Louise. So welcome to the show, Alana Louise. Hey, Dan. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, thanks for for being here, taking the time. Yeah. Um, I think... Yeah. People are sometimes confused, you know, if Louise is my last name, but no, it's not. I actually have two first names and my first name is Alana Louise. So. Oh, no way. Uh, yeah. Okay, right. So this is good to, this is good to get right into right off the bat here. Um, so you have, what, so your, your last name is not Louise. Yeah. My last name is Lyons. Oh, Lyons. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Cause you know, I have always thought that Louise was my middle name, but I'm currently going through the process of applying for U.S. citizenship. And that's when I learned on my birth certificate, my first name is actually Alana Louise. Uh, So that's, I mean, that's not something I've always known. Uh, Oh, that's interesting. So so, so yeah, it's it's two words as a a first name. Yeah. And I really don't know why my parents chose to do that, but I guess it's just an interesting fact. I like it. And I, I, you know, I assumed Louise was your last name, so... Um, that's really cool. And actually my, it's funny. My mom has the same, same thing. She's Ruth Ann. It's two words and it's not a middle name. Yeah. And everyone called her Ruth. 
instead. But does everyone, I assume people, most people call you Alana then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not always. So, you, oh, you just mentioned citizenship. Well, let's talk about, let's just go there, I guess, like in terms of where you're from and, and where you grew up and, and where you're at now. Um, I think that'd be, that'd be cool to, to hit. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm from the Philippines. Um, I grew up in Georgia, however. That's where I really consider myself to be from. Uh, I tell people I'm from the South because um, that's where I've lived most of my life. And that's also where I met my husband, uh, Jake. He's a brewer, which is another interesting thing because I most of my work is uh, with breweries. Yeah. In fact, that, that's I, I definitely want to get into that because a lot of your work is of, of breweries. So that and I was gonna, that was going to be one of the questions, like well, how and why, and do you love beer? That makes that makes perfect sense, though. So your husband is a brewer. Yeah. Is he at, a brewer at one of the companies that you've worked with, or? Um. Yeah. So. He currently works for Austin Beer Works. He runs the oh, yeah. barrel program there. Um, wow. But he actually didn't work there uh, while I was working on Austin Beer Works. Um, ah, okay. But, yeah. Coincidentally, you got on the job there, right? Let's. let's uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess to finish the first question, though, I'll, I'll hop back onto that subject. But um, yeah, yeah, I've, I've had a green card uh, for so long, and you know, it's always been my plan to just stick uh to my philippine citizenship and just have a green card uh for the rest of my life i guess i don't know as depressing as that sounds um but you know recently i decided that it kind of sucks not to be able to voice your opinion in uh, the country that you live in Mm, and i've lived here for most of my life um and not being able to vote definitely sucks so that's i'm going through that process now um i Formally submitted my application last November. So it's been a few months now of just getting emails that say no updates at this time from uh, <laughs> the Department of Homeland Security. So, oh, wow. yep, just crossing my fingers. How long does that usually take, do you think? Um, so it depends on what region you live in or the region that you submitted your application in. And I guess being in Texas, submitting, um, I forgot if it's in Dallas or Houston, but the approximate wait time is two years. Oh, wow. Is that long? Yeah. My goodness. It takes forever. And and you've lived in, obviously you've lived in the U.S. for a long time. Um, Yeah. Um, Yeah. And you mentioned, um, you know, not being, so having a green card does not allow you to vote. You you have to be a a citizen of the U.S. That's got to be, that's got to be tough to, to basically feel like a citizen, mm-hmm. right? But not. I, I love telling people, you know, it's taxation without representation because <laughs> I do pay taxes, but I can't, you know, just make my recommendation on how I feel like uh, the taxes I pay should be used. Wow! Mm-hmm. Right? Of course. Jeez. So, yeah, it is. That's this is like it's like you're living in uh, colonial America. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. No, but I I love being and I guess living here. I haven't actually been back to the Philippines in a while. Um, and I'm mainly waiting to get citizenship before I actually leave the U S. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Wow. So having a green card and, and basically living here, has that, um, because you're a freelancer, has that affected your freelancing work at all? Or, or does that not matter at all? 
No, actually, that part of it hasn't affected me in a negative way or anything. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've just been able to do work, I guess, like any other freelancer. Right. I guess it does. Yeah. I mean, I guess I was thinking more from like a tax or business angle, but I suppose that it probably doesn't if you're just paying taxes and it's it's mostly the voting and, and the um, yeah. officialness of it. Right. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I've noticed, at least, that has affected me is the, just the voting issue. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big one. <laughs> it certainly is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it, especially in now. And I think, uh, uh, so I could see why, why you're anxious to get through that process. Um, yeah. it's interesting cause we were talking earlier about, you know, a couple people I've talked to maybe even, maybe even on this podcast are sort of going through the same thing and, and applying for citizenship. And, uh, you know, I've been sort of asked a few times, to help the process, like provide documentation on, you know, this person is a, a designer with a certain company or they're freelancing or whatever. And, you know, oh, wow. to, to sort of like make a case for getting their citizenship. Um, so it's, it's, it seems like a very timely thing. <laughs> Maybe. It, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Um, so Applying for a green card is one thing, um, but uh, applying for citizenship is definitely expensive. Um, I took a picture of the stack of paperwork I had to submit, and I, I think it weighed like three pounds total. I'm not <laughs> oh, sure. Geez. I can't remember. Oh, God. Yeah, and you know, I had to uh, prove my marriage with my husband. I have every single plane ticket uh, for every uh every place we've traveled to together. I have like hmm. just every single thing proving that we actually love each other. Oh my God. But you know, like he and I went to prom together, so I, I'm not really worried there. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's gotta be difficult to have to do. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah. Especially if you don't realize how in depth the process is. Mm. Um, yeah. Initially I used a lawyer, but of course that's also expensive. So right. I'm, I'm completely doing it with, uh, I guess just myself and my husband uh, applying together. Yeah, that, and that's—I mean, hats off to to you and, and anybody out there that's that's going through all that trouble and expense to to do it. And yeah, you know, I, hopefully everyone realizes that that is it's not it's not easy. It takes a long time and effort yeah. and money and um, yeah. I hope they. I hope they. Uh, get back to you quickly. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I already have like a jacket that I plan on wearing at the oath ceremony. Oh, <laughs> uh, like, nice. Um, yeah, uh, Drew Lakin, another designer here in Austin, and I, while we both worked at Homes Workshop, we designed this really awesome satin jacket for Austin Beer Works, and on the back is a an eagle holding a snake. And it's like the most American thing ever. <laughs> and I'm totally going to wear that at the ceremony. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, and, and do you have a, do you have a photo of that we can share with the, uh... Oh yeah, I'll definitely share okay. it with you. Awesome. That would be super cool. I was like, I can picture it in my mind and it's incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's super cool. Now how, so you, you, you've grew up in Georgia, um, and, and now you're in Austin, Texas, which, 
we've actually we've we've interviewed a few people from Austin, and uh, it, it's like this hotbed. I always I always bring this up in that like what is what is going on with Austin because there's so many great designers there, and um, I think I'll just I'll pose the question to you too. You know, do you think that there's a a reason why there's so much design talent there, and also part I've always thought that like the businesses in Austin. Um, whether it's a brewery or whatever, ha- have always like, um, you know, appreciated good design and um, and the branding seems to always be you know right on the money. So I, I just wonder what your thoughts are on on Austin as a design pool of talent. Yeah, um, I really don't know what it is. I think um, I kind of moved here without knowing anything about Texas. And not knowing anyone in Austin, my husband and I moved here. Um, I the first job I had here was um, in a small IBM team. Mm, yeah. And at that time, uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of name dropping, so I apologize no, to no, everyone. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, but uh, Bethany Heck was on that team, and she no longer lives in Austin. Uh, I think she's in the Bay Area now. But I mean, the reason why I moved here is to work on a team with her. Wow. Yeah. Um, right. No, and I, I really had no idea what I was getting into. Like I didn't realize Austin had this appreciation for good design. And I think that extends beyond just the designers. Um, mm, yeah. You see businesses everywhere with like incredible murals or really great packaging. And I think just being surrounded by that makes everyone appreciate design as a whole. I guess in this town. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I I think you're right in that, like the businesses and people there do, do appreciate it, even though they're not designers themselves. Like, yeah, I think that, that I think you might have hit the nail on the head there because that's not, sometimes that's not always a, an easy battle to convince um, someone that they, they do need good branding and packaging. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. There just seems to be a lot of, a lot of that in Austin, which is, which is great for, for you folks that are living there. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely great for designers because <laughs> it just, uh, you know, creates some reasoning as to why someone needs a rebrand, for example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, I got to ask you what your favorite, um, fishing spot is. Oh, oh man. Yeah. So, <laughs> For people who don't know, I love to fly fish. Um, And I've only been fly fishing for just over a year now. Um, My favorite spot. Maybe um, maybe that's a bad question. I guess it kind of changes. Is that like a secret thing that you don't want to give up? No, No, not at all. Um, It used to be (laughs) this this river that goes through Austin um, called the Colorado River. it used to be that river, but uh, for some reason, the city keeps dumping more water in it. So the flows are really fast. Mm. So if you're on a canoe or a kayak, you're just getting pushed down the river and not really able to spend time at a certain spot. But mm-hmm. recently, it's been this uh, state park here called Pedernales Falls. And what I love about fishing there is that the water is just so clear and you could see a fish or just like the shadow of a fish and cast to it and instantly have a fish on the line. What? Oh my God. Um, yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. Wow. And I totally recommend people to go out there just to even hike and 
look in the water and see how many different species you could spot because it's so easy. Is it? I always love the idea of uh, fly fishing in particular, like because there's a certain artistry to it. It looks like to me, and and the way you cast and everything. Is it is it difficult because you, you've been doing it only a year, and that's it, it'd be cool to get a perspective. Like should should is it how how easy it is to get into it? I guess. Yeah. So uh, the person who taught me how to fly fish is uh, his name is Shay McClanahan. He's he actually works for um, Herman Miller as a salesman. I don't know why, but wow. he's also he's also a fishing guide. Um, <laughs> and the way he described fly fishing to me compared to uh, conventional fishing is that conventional fishing is more like a mosh pit. You're just throwing your lure out there and just constantly like smashing into the water, whereas fly fishing is more like an opera. Mm, yeah. Uh, and for me, fly fishing is, I, I always tell people that it's very meditative because um, you're constantly doing the same motion and it's hard in that you have to really focus on what you're doing and watching, you know, where your arm bends and how, how much time you wait before you move your arm forward and things like that. Um, it takes a lot of thought. Wow. Yeah. So it's not just... It's not just about getting the fish, right? It, yeah. it's, it's about the the time that you're out there and being in the nature, I would assume, and all that. Yeah, definitely. I would love to just like get everyone into fly fishing if I could, but it is hard <laughs> and it is expensive. Oh, yeah. The equipment and everything. Bait. Yeah. And all that stuff. Um, well, I guess not bait. Flies, right? Or flies. Yep. Um, I've been watching this... Uh, this show wicked tuna it's called <laughs> national <laughs> geographic i'll just a little plug for it because that's what I'm, I'm watching right now and it happens to coincide <laughs> awesome right? but it's about um uh tuna fishermen right near where i live here uh, in the north shore of massachusetts out of gloucester and uh they go out and fish for tuna and then like the, just learning looking at the whole process is fascinating to me <laughs> and the amount of detail that goes into just it's something that seems so easy is throw a hook in the line throw a hook in the water and then yeah. catch a fish and there's so much more that goes into it and um i just you know noticed from your instagram for instance um you know it, it's funny because going through your your feed it's like it, your work and your love for the outdoors it looks like sort of kind of are meshed together in a way um in, yeah. in a way that's like really for, for me it like hits home because I, i'm very much into outdoorsy things and design and and uh it seems like you're living the dream in terms of working with outdoorsy companies and creating art and uh illustration and that kind of work that's related to all that how did you, was that was that like a process to get there or um, just something that naturally happened together. You know? Yeah, I don't. I think okay. This is my assumption because I'm I'm not 100 percent sure why I got this lucky, but <laughs> um, I think because uh, on my Instagram, you know, I post pictures of whatever hike I did or whatever um, fish I caught. Uh, that that attracts a certain group of followers. Um, and then when they discover that I'm a designer, 
I think that's when that type of work comes in. Mm -hmm. Uh, right now I'm working on a project with, uh, two outdoor companies that are collaborating on, um, public land use, which I'm a complete supporter for because, um, the water I fish in is, is public. Um, and I would love it to stay that way. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. So it just gets people excited when they realize that, you know, I'm passionate about similar things. Mm, Yeah. Right. That makes sense. So it's not, it's, it's very organic then it's, it's like who you are and part of your personality. And, and then that you think that's what attracts the clients to, to you because they see, Oh, this is, this is someone who gets, gets it. And so, yeah, yeah. I I think that that's why. Hmm. That's great. And, and, you know, cause you've, you've worked with uh, a lot of well-known companies in that space, like Yeti, which I wanted to, to talk about a little bit that project, yeah. um, you know, how, how you got hooked up with them and, and, uh, I guess they are, they're based in Austin. Is that right? Yes. Um, yeah. So I love Yeti. Oh my God. Yeah, and, uh, they actually reached out to me on Instagram. Like they just slid into my DMS for real. Like that's really how <laughs> I got this project. <laughs> um, and I think the reason why is because, uh, the person who reached out to me saw that, you know, I, love the outdoors. Um, wow. and yeah, if, oh my gosh, when I just saw that, like that, I guess a little thumbnail or the preview of the message was like, hi, this is so-and-so from Yeti. I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> my heart is like stopped. And like, I passed out and then, you know, reawakened, I guess. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that, this is awesome. That's amazing. So it just kind of, it just happened. It, well, and I guess they were, obviously they followed you for a reason, whether it be you know, the, the photos you're sharing or the work that you're sharing there. Um, but to me, the lesson is like, be who you want to be, uh, you know, whatever capacity, you, whatever platform you're, you're on, you know, right. Like put out stuff that you want to do more of maybe. Right. Yeah, that's exactly, I definitely suggest doing the type of work that you're most passionate about, um, whether it's for yourself or for a client. Because that'll just draw more people in who, I guess, like the same things. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense totally. Um, now, and so, and specifically the Yeti project. How, how? Uh, so you, you get you get this DM from them. Hey, you want to work with Yeti? And you love Yeti already, I assume, probably. At that mm-hmm. point. And then, and what happens? Th- what happens next then? Of course, like with any. Well, not any. Some people have reasonable timelines, but this the timeline for this project was crazy. Um, so I did th- a set of three posters for Yeti for their South by Southwest showcase. I did a lot of variations of the three posters to be applied on, you know, different applications like, you know, if they need a Facebook event uh, cover image or uh, if they need like a square version for Instagram. I, I did all of it and it was, <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I just wanted this to be so good yeah. because I freaking love Yeti. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking out of my Yeti tumbler right are now. You, are you really? Awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but oh my gosh, they were so generous too. Like beyond the fee that we agreed on, they were just like, yeah, come to the event. We'll give you free food. We'll give you free stuff. Um, I got a 
a really awesome, huge uh, chain stitched patch that they had done by this company, this local company called Fort Lonesome. Wow. Um, it's of a cowboy riding a huge fish. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Oh my gosh. They're so nice and so great to work with. Yeah. They seem like one of those companies that's just really great and ha- has a lot of momentum right now. Um, yeah. It's also cool because it's, it's, you know, they started with coolers, which doesn't necessarily evoke, you know, design or passion or whatever, but then they really do. Their brand has come together in such a way. It, it does have a lot of passion in it and uh, obviously rabid fans too. Oh, yeah. Um, I think they've just been able to build this really cool lifestyle brand that draws people in, you know, um, they cover a lot of outdoorsy subjects, I guess. Um, I think my favorite video that they put out was of this, um, this mom in somewhere in Europe, but she runs, of course, a fly fishing shop. Um, and just like watching a video of her fishing with her daughter, which is like, Oh my gosh. That's the dream right there. <laughs> yes. It's just so inspirational. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That, that, you're right. Like their catalogs I get in the mail and they're like, it's like a magazine. It's like an outdoor magazine. Yeah. yeah. Want, makes me want to go on adventures and stuff. Uh, they just nail it. This week's episode is brought to you by Wix.com. With Wix, the web is your playground. Start with a blank slate and design your website in any layout you want. Work with advanced features like retina-ready image galleries, custom font sets, and sophisticated design effects. Each feature is intuitive to use, so you're in control from design to live. With Wix, you'll have real creative freedom to tell your story online, exactly the way you've envisioned it. Push the limits of design and start creating beautiful, impactful websites that are uniquely yours. Go to Wix.com slash dribble to get started today. That's W-I-X dot com slash dribble. Wix, what will you create? So, I mean, so you you also mentioned at the top of the of the episode, uh, you work with a lot of breweries. And, you know, there's, there's a bunch of projects here. And there's a few on Dribble, like the Bridgeport Brewing and Austin Beer Works um, and Bionic Brew as well. Um, these yeah. are great. These are amazing projects. And uh, thank you. Yeah, so cool. And I, I wonder, like, so we, there are a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, and on Dribble, there's a lot of, um, you know, beer design or beer label design, beer bottle, beer can. Uh, does it, is it hard? Like, I wonder if you could tell us about that process a little bit. Cause it, does it, is it hard because it's such a constrained canvas to work with? Um, mm-hmm. or a canvas that has a lot of criteria to hit, right? Like it's rounded and it's a certain dimension and all that. Like, do you find that? Yeah. You find that helpful or difficult? Yeah. So I, the three projects you mentioned, I worked on, uh, during my time at Helms Workshop, which is a studio that's known for its work in, uh, that in- industry. Oh my gosh, it's definitely hard. I think the hardest part about about it is that there's so much competition now where right, right. Uh, a lot more breweries now are, you know, drawn to good design and just making each brewery 
have a different look and feel alone is the hardest part about it. It's not necessarily like uh, the amount of space you have to apply design. Although sometimes it is, there are size restraint or constraints that make it tough, you know, when someone wants like a huge amount of copy on the label. Um, But yeah, like each of those projects, like Bionic, the whole goal was to not have a vertical uh, layout. Hmm. So, oh oh my gosh. And also I like challenged myself to use as many typefaces as possible too. (laughs) I think there are like eight or nine fonts on that. Wow. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We we Um, gotta talk about fonts too. That's right. That reminds me. Yeah. Um, Definitely. So that this is Uh, this is interesting. The bionic one. It's amazing, by the way. The uh, work with the the bunny and uh, yeah. So one of the bottles has like uh, debossed in the glass. You know, as part of the. Mm -hmm. Was that was that something that you presented to them, and they're like, okay, well, because that seems expensive, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so that was the concept that I worked with with uh, Christian Helms. Um, yeah, yeah, we really just wanted to put as much custom glasswork as possible in mm-hmm. uh, the limited edition bottles. Um, yeah. So I think uh, I worked on this project maybe like one or two years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try to remember how it went, but. Uh, we presented a handful of ideas, of course, like the safest being a paper label. Um, and then all the way down to the most complex design, which is the one that I posted on dribble. Mm. Um, it's glasswork with a screen printing of the bunny and just the registration for that. It's going to be very hard. Um, Uh, it's going to be very expensive, but, uh, our client Joe, was very willing to just see if we can make this happen. Um, and this is a design that is still in the works. Um, yeah. Finding the right person to be able to do it uh, is another process in itself, but yeah. um, that's what they chose. Huh. And it's just, it's, it's humbling when uh, a client uh, trusts your best recommendation. Mm. Oh, I'll bet. That's got to feel good, right? Uh, so that's yeah. great. So this, this should be out like this eventually. Is that, is that, yeah. Wow. It's um, amazing. Definitely. That's so cool. And it's a Chinese brewery, which is really cool. So I wonder if yeah, we'll be able to, uh, you think we'll be able to find it. <laughs> in the oh States. man. I, I highly doubt it. <laughs> yeah. I think it might be in Shenzhen only, only but right. okay. Just like yeah. a local brew there. Well, it's outstanding. It's really outstanding work. I, the, um, and the other one, like, so the Bridgeport brewing, you know, that's cans. I think you, you mentioned something earlier that's really, it's really true. Like there's so much competition. I'm guilty of actually going, like trying to find a beer, looking at the labels <laughs> and seeing what, what I gravitate to. Uh, yeah. I think with, it's funny cause with wine, I drink a lot of wine too, but like with wine, I, I feel like they're, they're really, the label is usually not indicative of the quality of the wine. You sometimes the, the worst labels are the best wines, but but I feel like with, <laughs> I feel like with beer, that's like the opposite. I I think that like companies that that value good branding and design are usually like valuing <laughs> quality beer. I may yeah. be wrong, but yeah, I think that's definitely the case. Um, but of course, there are like some rare cases where you know 
a brewery like Russian River, oh my God, Pliny the Elder is like one of the best beers, <laughs> but their labels are so bad. Oh, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I agree though that <laughs> that's true. especially in a town like in Austin, there's so many great design shops and designers here that um, the better breweries in town are definitely investing in good design. They're smart. And I guess they have the uh, they have the talent pool there, which is good. Uh, yeah, all those designers. Yeah, Pliny the Elder. That's that's a good one. I'm partial to um, Hetty Topper, which is a Vermont beer, which is oh beer. yeah, and that's another top one. But but that's an interesting one too because it's just monochrome screen print over an aluminum can kind of thing. So I guess yeah, you, maybe I'm totally wrong about. <laughs> beard maybe yeah, it's maybe it's like wine too like where it just is sort of like there's a mix and it doesn't really matter it's the it's the beer that counts you know? yeah and i think maybe it might be a regional thing because mm. i've noticed that you know like in areas so i don't know what that area is in vermont and like uh, massachusetts that yeah what is it new england yeah new england yeah um there's definitely like a design aesthetic for the breweries from that area um it's like very simple mm. really swiss kind of type layout yeah um yeah 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 you're right See, and down here in austin <laughs> it's very like bright and colorful it is uh, really loud yes yeah. it totally is you're right uh yeah and i i think that well especially your your work there with with austin beer works and yeah super bright i mean the color i don't even know how you how do you? How did you choose the colors for this Austin Beer Works can? The I'm looking at the the La Verdad. Verdad um, La Verdad. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's just it's a what uh, a palette. It's amazing. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they first of all they are amazing clients, and uh, more often than not, they're the ones pushing us to get crazier. Oh, um, really? But yeah, so the seasonal the Austin Beer Works seasonal cans. Uh, came about when they decided to, uh, I guess, package their seasonals. Um, they didn't package any seasonal beers initially. And all of these beers have really crazy names where like some of them could be really long or some of them could just be a single word. Uh, so Christian came up with the idea of just using crazy patterns to reflect the names of each can. Oh, right, right. We were given, I think, eight beers uh to do designs for so we were able to you know separate the colors for each beer i worked on it with christian and drew lakin and after the eight beers we just you know pick a color that we haven't used yet (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but with loverdad so loverdad means the truth um and it's a mexican lager and I think the description for it is like Mexican lager inspired by Texas German roots. So I think I can't remember, Um, but yeah, so that's why there's a mixture of uh, subject matter and the icons. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah. You've got the cactus and the Eagle and the, Ooh, the Illuminati symbol too. Yeah. Uh, So each seasonal can actually has a secret image in them. Um, and you can't see it on the image on dribble, but, mm. uh, a secret image for this one was a chupacabra instead of a chihuahua. 
one of them, <laughs> only one of all the chihuahuas is a chupacabra. Oh, and I no think way. Christian did um, uh, one of the Illuminati symbols with a unibrow. Um, <laughs> inspired by, who is that painter? I forgot her name. Um, oh, um, Frida. Frida, Frida, Frida Kahlo. Yeah. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So that, so, um, did the client know that you guys did that? <laughs> you just throw it in there. As- oh yeah. Actually they, I, I, I think they're the ones who asked for it. And one of the cans, uh, the yellow one with the pandas and bicycles, um, that the beer is called super awesome. And it's, uh, it's a beer they made with a local cycling group that they sponsor. And the, oh, cool. the team is called super awesome, but they're, they definitely have a very rude, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, but there are a lot of dicks on their Instagram feed. <laughs> and Austin Bjorks requested that I hide a dick on this can. So, oh my God. <laughs> so on that can, there's a dick. Oh my goodness. And you could totally edit that out if you don't think it's. No, I think that's. Uh, I think, I think our audience, that is kind of hilarious. We've got to, we've got to keep that in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's hilarious. I mean, it, it makes me want to buy the cans too, so I can find these. Yeah. Oh. Um, not maybe and, that uh, one specifically, but, but you know, uh, <laughs> uh, in general, but like, that's so cool. I mean, that's another example of like, obviously a client that, that gets, gets it right and and that's probably mm-hmm. fun to work yeah. with which is important <laughs> yeah and it totally makes them different from i guess other breweries you know just having this yeah kind of a fun carefree attitude just i guess sets them apart from you know another brewery that's you know just wants everything to be serious you know they need to focus on sales and making sure they attract as many people as possible to the brewery austin beer works is more about you know i guess you do you and we'll do us and we don't care if you like it or not. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean that I, I'm just looking at the cans. Yeah, they're, they're very unique and they, they look different. I mean, talk about trying to stand out in a, you know, a sea of a lot of different beers that those definitely do. And that's gotta be part yeah. of it too. You know? Yeah. And with these seasonals, it does not say the brewery name on the front. It's just their logo. Wow. And oh, so that's this, not, so this that's is not real. something that. Yeah. This is not just a mock up here. This is what it looked like. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And that's not something that anyone would just be okay with. You know, people want their name to be out there. But Austin Beer Works is such a recognizable brand that yeah, they they're can, able to do something like that. They can like pull that. it off then. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense too. Jeez. Kind of want a beer now. <laughs> I mean, it's about that time. Yeah, it's it's pre- happy hour somewhere. Pretty much it is here, especially <laughs> over here in Boston. But uh, so <laughs> I want a beer and I want to go fishing. But, uh, yeah. Um, and now <laughs> everyone should have a beer and go fishing. So here's I'm just st- I'm still fascinated by the sort of your personal interest and the clients kind of coming together into this this cohesive thing. And you know, obviously, I don't we see what what's kind of curated here and, and I'm sure you do a lot of other work too, but keeping that train going of like getting the kind of work that you want to do, I think, and I think that's what everybody want, is sort of striving for obviously, but what's, what's next for you in terms of finding those, those new clients? Yeah. Um, 
I've, I've been fortunate enough that I've had a steady stream of projects and upcoming projects ever since I uh, transitioned to full-time freelance. And uh, so far it's been breweries and outdoor companies Yeah, and I'm, I'm totally happy to keep it that way. Um, I don't blame you. Yeah. It's, it's just, I, I, I just think I'm very fortunate that people discover me and I have dribbled to think for that uh, for the most part, at least oh, wow. it's been uh, mostly dribble. And then after that, Instagram wow. that have brought clients to me. And folks, we did not pay her to say that. Uh, this is that was... actually Dan is going to give me five bucks after this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, <exactly>. and <laughs> even even beyond just clients, uh, I think I've been able to make a ton of connections and friends um, from the people I've initially met through Dribble. Like uh, I mentioned earlier, that there was an AIGA event last night, and it was a a bowling event and I was part of a team that was all freelancers and <laughs> these are all people that I met through dribble. It was, um, Drew Lakin, Brian Butler, Keith Davis young and Simon oh, yeah. Walker. Oh wow. And there's, I really have no idea how, what other way I would have known these people if it wasn't for sharing my work wow. um, on the internet, I guess. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> That's super cool. Plus I want yeah, to be on that it was, team. It was fun. <laughs> 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 Although I'm not very good. We didn't win, but we were definitely the the most rowdy. <laughs> now, is there a is there a fishing team that you can start? Oh my gosh, I would love that. Yeah. I just don't know any designers in town who mm. actually. I'm I I think I I know of a few. I haven't met them. Yeah. Um, but there's there's really not many. But one day. <laughs> It's growing. One day, Dan, it's going to happen. It's growing. It's growing. I, I, I would join if I was nearby. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I, um, yeah, I love the idea of fishing, and and then I get stuck. I get hung up on, okay, what if I catch one? What do I do then? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's a terrible uh, – it's a, not a good excuse to not fish, but um, uh, – Yeah, it, I mean, it is kind of gross. Fish, yeah. fish smell. Well, and they're really slimy. <laughs> they're slimy and they have teeth sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I guess you, with anything you get, you learn how to do it. And the rest of it I love. Maybe I'll just fish with a with a rod and no bait, no hook on it. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> just practice of casting. Yeah. Everyone would think I mean, I'm a fisherman. Yeah. But, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, they'll see Dan with a fly rod and they'll be like, oh, wow, he knows how to fly fish. That's cool. Exactly. Um, I like that. But yeah, my husband and I, when we fish 99% of the time, we don't keep the fish. We put them back. Um, oh, wow. And that's just oh, 99, with the 99% hopes of, of the time. Huh. Yeah. That's just a hope of, you know, catching the same fish again. And next time I'll huh. be bigger. Huh. That's, that's a metaphor for life. I think, uh, <laughs> that's great. Honestly, like that's, yeah, I think yeah. there's a phrase, um, in the fishing community that, for people who do, who practice catch and release, and it goes, um, let them go so they can grow. Ooh. Kind of cute. <laughs> I love it. Let them go so they can grow. Yeah. I, I think I need to commission a t-shirt from you with that slogan. on it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm brilliant. totally game. That's brilliant. 
It's going to have you with a fly rod on it. <laughs> with no hook. That's the hidden, that's the hidden part. There's no hook on the hidden. Uh, <laughs> well, so, um, so Alana, what, what's next for you? Like what, uh, what's coming up in your world and like, what, what should people keep an eye out on? Obviously dribble on Instagram, but, um, What's what what's uh, um, what's next for you? I am just enjoying I guess my life as a freelance designer. I have more time now to invest in myself, you know, like the things I'm passionate about like fishing. I'm able to go fishing at least twice a week now. Um nice. Nice. I go to yoga almost every day now. Um wow. Yeah, I have a lot of free time. So I've been able to travel a lot. Uh, I just came back from Oregon. Um, but yeah, I'm, I don't know what else to say besides that I'm working on a few outdoor projects in some breweries. Um, one of, uh, the bottles I worked on recently was a collaboration with Justin Pervorce. He's a part owner of a brewery in Denver called Our Mutual Friend Brewing, um, which All is right. kind of funny because now that brewery is me and Justin's mutual friend because I've done some work uh, with them in the past. Wow. And um, this is Justin yeah. Pervorce uh, of Dropbox fame back in the day too. Yeah. I mean, of, of mm-hmm. other, of other things, obviously he's super talented, but um, yeah. I'm familiar with him when he was at Dropbox cause we did some events there with him. And um, cool. anyway, that's, that's super cool. Wow. Yeah. Um, he and I, lived in Atlanta at the same time yet we were never friends until we both left Atlanta (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah I'm going to be visiting him and his wife and his kid uh, in August oh super cool yeah that's awesome well I can't honestly I can't wait to see uh, your next projects and uh, just you know big fan it just hits all the right things for me and uh and i know a lot of other people so thank you for being on here so much and uh yeah thank you so much for just having me on overtime yeah thanks and you know uh best of luck with citizenship obviously too and yeah just uh keep us keep us posted on on uh on all those cool projects yeah definitely thank you This has been Overtime, Dribble's official podcast. I'm Dan Cederholm, and thanks for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks again. Thanks again.